Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman. How are you doing? We're here at our new uh, new time slot. The second week we've been at the Thursdays at 6 p.m. And uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. And I have to ask you, have you ever gotten soap in the end of your dick? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't realize it until three or four hours later when you go to take a piss and just burning pain, burning, searing pain just shoots through your body from the end of your dick into your nervous system. It is awful. It is awful. This happened to re- me recently. So, I mean, you know, look, we got to wash our junk. I know how it is. And, you know, I, I have a, I'm, a, I'm a dirty dick guy just like you. And so, you know, you got, you got to attack the dick. You got to, you got to wash it. You got to put, use soap from time to time. But for God's sakes, be careful. This was the kind of pain I do not wish on my worst enemy. So I just want to just, just remind you as like a public service announcement, you know, be careful when soaping up the junk because it can really, really hurt later on. And so, I mean, and obviously like jerking off of soap is out of the question. Don't do that. I mean, obviously, I mean... You know, I learned that lesson about 14. Hopefully you did too. And you're just nodding along like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's good advice. That's good advice. So just be careful with that soap when washing your junk. And uh, the only thing I have to say is I wonder if that kind of thing ever happens to women. I wonder if women ever have uh, get little soap up in their, uh, their pee-pee hole. If um, on the off chance you are a woman and you're listening to my podcast, please f- feel free to email me at F- uh, madman at fxbgpr.com. And let me know how your experiences about your experiences with soap in the pee hole. In the pee pee hole. Anyway. Mm. That's beer and it's delicious. Um, so I'm jumping in feet first into Parler. P-A-R-L-E-R. The free free speech social media, new social media app. Uh I highly recommend you get into that. Look for me. Um, we're on Shock Monkey Radio on Parlor. And so I'm going to slowly start migrating over there to some degree. I'm still going to have my, uh, my Facebook stuff. I'm still going to do that because so many people are still on Facebook. And as people eventually wise up and move over to social network platforms that are free speech based, um, I'll, keep, I'll keep Facebook up for a while. But until people start migrating over to where the freedom is, um, yeah, so I'm just getting into parlor on the ground floor, as it were. Not so much. Uh, yeah, kind of. And I'm just trying to... Uh, Try to move over to a different different uh, platform where you know uh, people won't be censored. I kind of like that, not being censored, because I'm going to say some horrible shit today. I'm telling you, my medication isn't going right. You know this COVID thing; it's it's not good. It's not good. I'm going to say some horrible stuff today. So I was looking at self portraits of famous artists, you know, like Rembrandt and Van Gogh and the like, you know, those kind of things, and you know, it, it, it made me think for a second about how these legends, when they painted these self-portraits and then they went and displayed them, they went and put them on, you know, had a, what they called a gallery showing <laughs> or whatever. And I bet that they had like even Rembrandt, even Van Gogh, I'm sure they had people looking at the uh, self-portrait of the artist. And I bet there are people who s- turned to each other and said a little bit full of himself, isn't he? Why don't you paint? Why don't you paint stuff from the Bible? Like everybody else? No, you got to paint yourself. Only an arrogant man, a narcissist, would paint himself. And then I look around our world today, 
and I see nothing but people taking pictures of themselves. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and so I have, I have the same comment. It's like, you're a little bit full of yourself taking eight pictures of yourself, eight selfies. And it's never just one pic of yourself. And be, be honest. Be honest with yourself, everybody. And it's like, when was the last picture you took? Is your most recent picture of you taken by you? I'm betting it is. Go to your camera roll. I bet you like 95% of all the pictures in there are taken by you and of you. Okay. A little bit full of yourself, aren't you? <laughs> Only an arrogant man would take pictures of himself. But, you know, you got to consider for a second, like the, how much time it takes for someone to paint a portrait. All right. And so when you talk about somebody like Rembrandt or Van Gogh and they do a self-portrait, when uh, you could argue that it takes even more self-involvement to paint yourself because it takes far more time to paint a portrait, the self-portrait, than it does to snap 50 pics of your ass. And let me tell you something, ladies. One of the hardest truths it takes for, that I have to swallow, one of the, one of the roughest truths I have to deal with in the world is the fact that I would rather see 50 pictures of your ass than some legendary artist's self-portrait. And that, that, my friends, is what's wrong with humanity because that's, that's what we're more interested in. It's like, oh, and here's a self-portrait of Van Gogh, and here's a picture of who's got a great ass? Who's got a great ass? I can't think of anyone. So let's just say here's a picture of... Eva Mendez, Eva Mendez's ass. And I guarantee you there's going to be more people crowded around that. And maybe one nerdy guy over by the self-portrait going, hmm, little full of himself, isn't he? <laughs> and so, I mean, and I think the issue of that is that um, artists, for example, aren't necessarily artists. The true artist is God. All right. The true artist is God. And, you know, and, and that's why we'd rather see 50 pictures of uh, Eva Mendez's ass than a self-portrait of an artist because God is the artist that created the most beautiful thing that ever existed in the universe, and that is the human woman, all right? Human women are, are the reason why art began, either to win over a woman or to <laughs> creep out in your cave, creep out on them in your cave, and you draw a little picture of the hot chick you saw. And so, you know, women are the, are, the, are the finest masterpiece ever created, if you ask me. And that means that God is the real, is the real artist. And so, I mean, and nothing, nothing compares to your, your living, breathing woman. And even those real dolls and that abomination that Whitney Cummings has, you know, even, even those are a slap in the face, an insult to what women truly are. And even trans women, dudes pretending to be women, all right, are a are like spitting in the face of what a woman really is. Women, you know, are the most beautiful thing that ever was created, obviously, and then you know you're going to think you can pretend to be one? I'm sorry, that's the most magical creature that's ever been created and no amount of makeup and wigs is going to make you into the most beautiful thing that's ever been created in this universe. I am really really horny. Sorry. One more thing about self-portraits. It's um, My favorite self-portrait is Norman Rockwell's self-portrait. You should go check it out. Go look on the internet for it. 
it's kind of like a three three for one deal. It's it's kind of great. <laughs> so uh, it it conveys action, and I think that uh, American art in in particular, especially because through comic books and so forth, American art really started uh, to convey action uh, it, within within drawings. And I, I I dig that about American American art. Norman Rockwell's self portrait. Check it out. It's pretty good. You know, uh, just uh, talking about photography here for a second. When photography first started, it was kind of a big, big deal, and uh, it, it was a, a family event. You take, you take the day, you know. Uh, you'd make plans to go, go get your picture taken. Uh, you get the whole family together. You get all dressed up in your Sunday best for a couple of hours. You go down. You take, get a, f- a photo of you just standing around, and, um, and then you'd go and you take off the suit, and then you go back to like feeding the pigs, and you know you know, uh, harvesting the crop and so forth. And it was just like, it was a special event. Uh, and they were just standing around. And so like, but then, you know, after a little while, you know, even they realized that that's kind of boring and lame. And so they, uh, when photography came around, um, after they stopped taking pictures of themselves standing around doing nothing, they started taking pictures of dead people sitting around doing nothing or laying around doing nothing, which is, I guess, a little bit more edgy, you know? And then that led into like spirit photography, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and spirit photography is a uh, interesting and hilarious subject, especially if you consider the time frame where, like, uh, most of the spirit photography that you you could find took place in is where it's just these elaborate scams. <laughs> these people would hide stuff in their mouths and they like blow smoke. <laughs> it's hilarious, and so uh, and they'd have all these conditions as like in the for spirit photography, and so because uh, I mean you know guess people I guess people. Human beings, they just turn out to be real shutterbugs when you really think about it. It's like, we really are shutterbugs. We want to capture all the things that we find beautiful in this world, and even ugly, you know, and the ugly things in the world. You know, and so I think it's interesting. It's like once photography was developed, it's like how many different uses for it, uh, they quickly quickly, uh, began to get applied to, you know. Even pornography starting ba- out back in those days. As soon as soon as the first camera was invented, there was some dude, some horny dude like myself, sitting there thinking, "It's like, so I could get a naked girl in here, take a picture of her, and have that picture of her forever." And that kind of thought blew a young prepubescent boy's mind. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> because before then, you know, there was no such thing as pornography. Think about that. Even before camera, there was no no such thing as pornography. And maybe it was like all you didn't even have National Ge- Geographic magazines back then. So you know, a kid growing up in like the 1910s, 1920s, you know, the best you can hope for is looking at an old Michelangelo or Rembrandt, where there's titties out. <laughs> Gonna work one out <laughs> to that while Daniel's getting fed to the lions. Anyway, so that's just a little bit of a rant. <laughs> Where'd I start on? I started on self portraits, ended up talking about pornography. Yeah. Well, what can you do? And if, if you ever messed around with art, if you've ever been a uh, an artist in any way or messed around with it, you know, it's like the very first human subject you tend to go after is you because, you know, you're the one that's there. And so uh, it's like even I've done a self-portrait uh, when, I, when I was trying to learn how to draw. I'm not good at it. My too shaky. Too shaky. I don't have the agility for it. So it's, uh, it's not uncommon for artists to do self-portraits. 
So let's go on to this next subject. Wrestling is gay. Now, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm not, I don't care if you like wrestling. I don't care if you like being gay. But I don't think any, uh, yeah, I don't think any less of you for it for liking wrestling or being gay. But I'm just saying that these two things belong together, wrestling and gay. More specifically, it, I think that wrestling belongs with gay. And I'm going to explain why. Now, the first experience I can think of when it comes to uh, wrestling, we can go to the Genesis of wrestling. Literally, Genesis 32, I believe, where uh, Jacob, he was, uh, he, let me back up. Jacob, uh, he was a guy, and he, uh, he, he sold, his, he sold a, a bowl of soup to his brother Esau uh, for his birthright, and Esau, being a chump, apparently, uh, took it. And so, uh, it, like, uh, then uh, sometime later, he tricked his dying father into giving him Esau's blessing. And then, then as, like, Esau was going, uh, not Esau, um, as their father was going to be married, Esau, uh, I'm sorry, Jacob thought that Esau was going to kill him, like Michael Corleone style, once his father's buried. And so Jacob, like, dipped. He took two of his wives, like, a couple servants and, like, a, a bunch of his kids. And just it dipped out, just tried, just tried to leave because he thought his brother was going to kill him. And so at some point, at some point, uh, Jacob was left alone and he encountered this man who wrestled Jacob till the break of dawn. Bow, chicka, bow, wow, if you know what I mean. He fucked him so hard that it fucked up the way that brother walks for the rest of his life. Seriously, look in the Bible, go find this thing. It's like he messed up this dude. He... This fuck fest lasted from all the way till dawn, and it messed up the way Jacob walked for the rest of his life. All right. Then this rapist, I guess he was a rapist. I guess then this rapist claims he is God and tells Jacob that his name is Israel now. And so now every time every time Jacob's in the village, it's like, call me my name's Jacob, but when I'm in the village, call me Israel. Sounds like a gay liaison to me. All right. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody's religion or anything like that because it's a very important story about Jacob wrestling God because, like, Israel means one who struggles uh, with God. And uh, I think that that's kind of a good analogy. It's certainly not a literal thing I would like to think about because that sounds like a gay liaison. And I'm not trying to insult anybody's religion or anything like that because I'm a Christian myself. But, you know, you read your Bible your way. I'll read the Bible my way. All right? There's talking donkeys and giants in it. All right? How seriously do you want me to take it? All right, so let's move on to Greco-Roman wrestling. You see, uh, Greek and Roman men uh, were very progressive in the sense that they tended to have young boys hanging around, you know, kind of like squires and servants. And they, you know, tended to their needs, as it were, wink, wink. <laughs> so they have these young boys laying around in Greek and Roman culture. Who, uh, they had very similar cultures uh, back in the day. And uh, uh, this Greco-Roman wrestling comes from that uh, time frame and uh, lo- uh geography as i suppose northern mediterranean and so you know um whenever these greek or romans got bored with philosophy or killing christians they would wrestle these young boys as a sport you see you know just for funsies and there have been many people who have speculated that these greek and roman men could swing like dolphins like dolphins can swing if you get what I'm saying, if you, if you understand, you know, the fuck the little boys, that's what I'm saying. 
So not only is that gay, there's a dash of illegal and unethical to boot. So, it, but in all fairness to Greco-Roman Greco -Roman wrestling, there, um, I think that had more to do with the problems within uh, Greek and Roman culture and society rather than the sport itself. But when the wife busts in on you while you're fucking a 12-year-old boy, you could say you're just Greco-Roman wrestling, honey, with your dick. All right, now let's talk about scholastic wrestling, which, which is what I experienced in high school. Now, I saw way more dicks, way more underage male dicks than I ever wanted to see in my entire life in wrestling. Okay, and, um, and you know how it is <clears throat> when guys in locker rooms are, the long dick guy has got to slap people with his dick, slapping people on the butt with his dick, or just coming up and laying his dick on your shoulder. And that is incredibly gay. That is incredibly gay, and I'm not even mentioning the fact that you're rolling around on the floor with other young boys. So it's incredibly gay. Wrestling, another, another re gay wrestling type. <laughs> okay, so, but here's the thing. It's like all that I've mentioned so far has been combat sports. Everything I've mentioned so, so far has been combat sports, and that's why I learned wrestling. That's why I went to, out to wrestling, because I wanted to learn how to defend myself. And uh, being able to, learning how to pin somebody has, be, has been very useful to me. Been very useful to me. And just like anybody who's uh, been in a fight knows, it's like most fights end up on the ground. And if you have wrestling experience, it's like you, you have kind of an upper hand because you have experience. And it's all a combat sport. Now, let's talk about... Clown wrestling, I'm sorry. I don't mean clown wrestling. I mean professional wrestling. I call it clown wrestling. Anyway, it, that's like ballet for men. You know, it involves makeup and costumes and wardrobe changes, curtain calls. It's like ballet for men. It's He-Man meets Fred Astaire and then has softcore gay, gay sex with him in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Seriously, professional wrestling is performance art. It's obviously performance art. And anybody who takes it seriously or talks about it any length of time, it's just like, why, 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 why? It's so incredibly gay. And, you know, it's, it's because it's thespians. Those are actors. You know, when it comes to the performance art of professional wrestling, those are actors. And that's why you see people who were wrestlers end up in film, from Andre to the Giant to the fucking Rock. All right, because they have acting skills. The kind of guys that compete in the Olympics for wrestling, you don't see them out there dressed like the, uh, the Undertaker or who's another wrestler person? Ultimate Warrior, is he still around? I don't know. I'm not gay. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being gay, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with liking wrestling. But please... Please, for the love of God, can we stop pretending wrestling is not gay? Come on out of the closet, wrestling. You're here, you're queer. We're used to it already. It's 2020, goddammit. Anyway, so, yeah, I took, I'm eating up time like crazy. So it seems some rumors are swirling around about Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, apparently, she and her staff have been rude to some people from time to time. And all I could really say is, uh, gee, I never heard of an angry and rude lesbian before. That was sarcasm, by the way. Now, I don't want to lay it all on the feet of lesbianism because that's not fair to lesbians. 
I tend to think of it more of a problem with fame when it comes to Ellen DeGeneres, so specifically long-term fame. You see, Ellen wasn't always rich and famous. In fact, she was pretty nondescript, all right, and unremarkable until she came out as gay. And then tons of attention were heaped upon her, lavished upon her. Oh, you're so brave for doing what comes naturally to you. But there was a time when Ellen lived and worked among the rest of us. And she probably treated people with respect and kindness and she has, uh, because she had to exist on our level. And that's how she gained her reputation to be such a sweetie. It's so nice and so forth. That's how she, she built her reputation upon that. But after almost 20 years of people kissing her ass and calling her a hero and piling money on top of her, almost anyone can lose touch with the common American. Now, I'm not saying it's right or even to be expected, but let's be honest. Ellen may have been kind of cute when she was younger, but let's be real. She would never, ever have been able to pull down Anne Hesh or Portia de Rossi without fame and riches. All right? They're way out of her league. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, the spo is that spoiled fucks like Ellen DeGeneres are going to act like spoiled fucks as long as you give them the, reason to, the room to do so, a la these rioters and protesters in Portland. I don't even like saying protesters because the protesters aren't doing it. It's the rioters that are the issue. Anyway. So apparently, no one has said no to Ellen or her producers in quite a while. And, you know, people need to be told no every now and then. So perhaps the Ellen show might go away. I don't care. I never watched. Look, we all want to see evil punished. All right, I was just recently, right before the show, I was talking to Scott Wharton about this. It's like we all, at especially around males around 18 or so is like you get real angry all the time because you see injustice in the world everyone sees the injustice in the injustices in the world however some are confused these days about what the injustices truly are and even growing up at 18 when i was 18 that was like 1995 yeah 1995 and so at 18 i was full of piss and vinegar i wanted to fight the world i felt ready to fight the world because of all the injustice i saw in the world and no matter what, you're going to see this injustice in the world. And we all want to see evil punished. But you have to understand that even though this impulse is natural among, you know, everyone has this Im impulse. It's like you need, you need to learn at some point to control your anger and, real, and pick your fights. <clears throat> you can't go out there at 18, 19, 20 and try to like fight the world just because you read some simple headline on CNN or MSNBC. All right, you're being manipulated. You're being emotionally manipulated by a lot of a lot of media these days. You're being emotionally manipulated and you don't you're not really looking into the thing too hard. You know, people seem to be getting their their fucking news from memes these days. And that's ridiculous. You know, I read the news. Every single day I read the news because I feel like that's my responsibility as an American to keep myself informed about the insanity that's going on in this country. But these, 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 uh, these news agencies are manipulating your emotions to the point where you want to go out and do something stupid, like riot in the streets, fight the cops, <laughs> doing crazy stuff. You got you know, you to eventually disconnect your emotions when it comes before you go out and fight something. All right? You can't run in a rage at the thing that you think is evil because, one, you're probably going to lose if you're out of control and, you know, with your rage. All right, you need to be focused in your attacks if you really want to fight evil. 
You need, your efforts need to be concerted and you need to be focused in your attacks. But if you're just running out in the street screaming, you know, that's childish rage and it goes nowhere. Gets nothing done. So this slanted media is trying to stir you up and push you into the streets to cause this bedlam. Their objective is to combat the conservatives, who they think of as evil. And they're just wrong. We're not evil. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about objective journalism. They don't care about justice. The only thing they care about or want is power. And they want to take it by manipulating the emotions of stupid and weak-willed people. And if you're out there rioting in the streets, you're stupid and weak-willed. You think you want to fight a systemic, systemic problem by fighting the police or ruining or burning down your town? That's not how you fight a systemic problem. You need lawyers to fight a systemic problem. Otherwise, you're just raging against the machine. You're a fucking 90, a shitty 90s cover uh, band, a shitty 90s band, and that's all you are. You're a Rage Against the Machine album, and soon no, people will realize it for the shit that it is. You need lawyers to fight a systemic problem instead of fighting cops or destroying your town. You know, and, and plus there's no systemic problem. A systemic problem means there's a problem a problem inherent in the system or built into the system that means if that means there should be a law somewhere on the books where you can point to and say this law says look it says right here cops are allowed to shoot black people no consequences no you're not going to find that because it doesn't exist you're tilting at fucking windmills don quixote and windmills don't exist in america just like racism doesn't exist in america it's a generation of kids raised up in the most beautiful and prosperous and equal place in the world, and they have no idea where the bad guys are. They're so angry. They're angry at something. They don't know what they're angry at, and so they just lash out against the first thing I think of. Oh, patriarchy, I hate my dad too. These poor people, these poor kids are being manipulated by the, uh, by the liberal propaganda. All right, I'm. You know, I can I can sit here and rant all day about how they're idiots and assholes and weak-willed and simple-minded people. You know, who've been who've been failed by teachers and so forth, teachers and their society. All right, but you know, my heart goes out to them because I understand that rage somebody has at 18 years old. I'm 43. I don't think I'm ever going to lose this kind of rage because I still have rage every now and then about injustice in the world. And when I think about injustice lately, I've been thinking about riots in the streets, and that's unjust. Keep chasing those windmills, Don Quixote. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. 630. You like to do the news worth knowing. You case usually late on this. Or maybe I'm I'm early. No, I'm right about on time. Maybe he's distracted. You'll you'll show a stinger or something like that. Or I'll edit it in later. Or not. I don't know. So um Let's go on to this first news story. Um, DAs backed by Soros other liberal, and other lib liberal activists join the fray in clash with police. Uh, calls for dramatic, uh, excuse me, calls for drastic criminal justice and police reforms have swept the, uh, swept the country since the death of George Floyd. But local prosecutors already ma are making waves on that front. 
and a sign that under-the-radar uh, political investments made by progressive groups in recent years are paying off. District, district attorneys and current candidates whose campaigns benefited from the work of left-wing organizations, including ones backed by liberal billionaire George Soros, are now pushing for new practices that could see sharp reductions in prosecutions and incarcerations. Soros, through, use, uh, through the Justice and Public Safety PAC and other groups, has been uh, spending millions of dollars on prosecutorial prosecutorial races in recent years with a number of beneficiaries making headlines since the elections, since their elections. St. Louis circuit attorney, uh, Kim Gardner, who was boosted by Soros in her campaign drew controversy when she announced her office was bringing felony charges against Mark and Patricia McCloskey. You may remember them, the couple, the couple who brandished guns outside their home as protesters marched in June. There's the, there's the, what are they called? Stingers? Stinger. Dinger? Stinger. Stinger, anyway. Anyway, as you remember, the McCloskeys have said many times they were defending themselves with tensions high in St. Louis and other cities over race and law enforcement. They said the crowd of demonstrators broke an iron gate marked with no trespassing and private street signs and that some threatened them. Missouri uh, GOP Governor Mike Parson said he would consider pardons for the couple if charges were filed. Nice. Uh, Another high-profile prosecutor has been backed by Soros in the past is Cook County, Illinois State Count, uh, State's Attorney Kim Fox. Fox drew national attention when she dismissed the case against actor Jesse Smollett. You may remember that. Remember that? Juicy Smollett? Smollett? <laughs> oh, Dave Chappelle, you're the best. Who was accused of uh, faking a hate crime attack against himself. The case was later taken over by a special prosecutor who filed new charges. Fox is seeking re-election this year and already won her Democratic primary. Regarding ongoing protests in her jurisdiction, she said that her office will lean towards dismissing cases coming up from protests or curfew violations. Mayor Lori Lightfoot <clears throat> imposed a curfew between May 30th and June 6th after, the George Flo Flo after a George Floyd protest. Quote, the question it comes down to, is it a good use of our time and resources, Fox told the Chicago Sun-Times. No, it's not. Looking at a term in office, a report from the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund found a 13% decline in guilty pleas or verdicts in felony cases and a 39% increase in dropped or lost cases after Fox took office in 2016. Excuse me. Uh, San Francisco District Attorney, uh, I think that's Chelsea maybe, <laughs> Bowden, Bowden, another beneficiary of Soros-tied uh, contributions, uh, recently defended the movement to defund police in a discussion with Representative Ayanna Presley, Democrat of Massachusetts, earlier in July, Bowdoin questioned whether money going to the police was most effective use was the most effective use of taxpayer dollars. Anyway, so uh, I think you get the gist of this is like George Soros money. It's it's liberal money. It's globalist money. You know, this is what he wants to do with his money. Fine. He's flushing it down the toilet. He's flushing it down the socialist toilet, if you ask me. Because that's what's going to happen, you know. These people, these rich people who want globalism and socialism, you know, uh, they just, they think that they're going to be the ones who are going to be in charge, who are going to be the head of the totalitarian socialist regime. Just because they're rich now, which is funny. It's funny because, you know, that's not how it happens. <laughs> in, a, in a socialist revolution, that's not how it happens at all. For the workers. Yeah. So if you're one of these rich bastards supporting uh, socialism, globalism, 
You are wrong, sir. You are wrong, George Soros. And I think you're you're a pretty, pretty fucking evil man <laughs> in uh, many ways. So if I, uh, if I get killed tomorrow, you know, I'm not suicidal anymore. Damn, is it raining again? That's good, I guess. That's good. It's been kind of dry here in Fredericksburg lately. So I guess rain is good. It's been raining like almost like every day for the last two or three days. Just a little one. Anyway, let's talk about the Minneapolis Police Department. Uh, Minneapolis officials appear to be to backpedal from abolishing police. Members of the Minneapolis City Council supported the idea of abolishing their city's police department after George Floyd's death in police custody. But a recent vote indicates that the city may not be in any rush to follow through with the plan. The Minneapolis Charter Commission voted earlier this week to keep the, a police reform proposal off of November's ballot, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Tribune reported. The measure would have been scrapped would have scrapped a city requirement to maintain a police force of a size based upon city's population. This was the first of two proposals going before the Charter Commission, with a more sweeping reform proposal up for a vote next week. That measure, if added to the ballot uh, and then passed, would remove the city's charter. The, would remove from the city's charter the requirement to have a police force. Instead, a community safety department may uh, may not have had any officers could take its place. That may not have any officers could take its place. Uh, that's just horrible writing right there. Um, a number of commissioners believe both proposals would be bad ideas. Quote, I believe that if one of these measures were to pass, the voters of Minneapolis, the result would be a giant self-inflicted wound, Commissioner Dan Cohen said, according to the Star Tribune. Cohen said if either proposal were approved, quote, crime would soar, property values in our homes on our homes would fall, and people would flee the city. Oh, uh, that's reasonable. That makes sense. <laughs> Thunder. Did you hear that? Told you, it's storming now. Uh, other commissioners argued that more research and public discussion needs to be done before either proposal gets a vote. Meanwhile, in Seattle, hundreds of residents pushed back against the notion of defunding the police, making their voices heard at a city council budget meeting on Wednesday, according to local reports. Quote, defunding the police is a radical experiment that will hurt the vulnerable. One member of the public calling in uh, to a phone-in meeting told the council, according to Q13 Fox. The council is considering a plan that would slash the budget of the city's police department by 50%, resulting in layoffs for hundreds of officers, all as Seattle deals with the coronavirus outbreak and frequent riots since the, uh, uh, and unrest since George Floyd's death. So, I mean, when they're backed into a corner, it's like, that's crazy, right? We're not, we're not really getting rid of the police, right? I think God's mad at me. There's a lot of thunder and lightning near me right now. God's was like, you joked about the Bible. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I, I think these people in Minneapolis, they're starting to realize, like, we can't really do that. That's silly. That's silly to get rid of the police. Yes, yeah, it, is, it is very silly to get rid of the police, especially when there are riots going on in your city. Dumbass Democrats. Let's talk a little baseball, shall we? <laughs> now, I don't want to talk about the kneeling. That's ridiculous. That's, it's silly. I'm sick of the virtue signaling. I'm sick of sports. Sports it should be separate from politics in every single possible way. And that's just my humble, personal opinion. 
I mean, it was it was a little too much to it was like uh, at, you know do a national anthem. Was it during the seventh, seventh inning stretch they do a national anthem again? Or God bless America, that's the one. So you, you had to add another. It's like we did the national anthem. You got to do God bless America too. Eh, it's not that great a song. Let's be honest, you know, na- uh, <laughs> national anthem isn't that great a song. I guess you update it. Get uh, I don't know. Kanye West to write it or something. I don't know. So let's talk about the Dodgers' Joe Kelly. Uh, is suspension, it leads to intense reaction on social media. So Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Joe Kelly was suspended for eight games Wednesday for throwing at and mocking Houston Astros players. Fans and even some players expressed their outrage when the league's, uh, with the league's decision to suspend Kelly. Many saw Kelly's throws, uh, throws at Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa as retaliation for the Astros cheating scandal during the 2017 season. Cheating allegations during the 2017 season. So no active Astros players were suspended over the scandal. It's worth noting that Kelly was on the Boston Red Sox during this 2017-2018 season. The Red Sox defeated the Astros in the 2018 American League Champions here, uh, Championship Series on its way to its own World Series title. Boston was also penalized for its own cheating scheme during that season. Regardless, emotions were running high on Twitter. There's a bunch of tweets. And it's like, um, anyway. Benches were empty during uh, Los Angeles' Los Angeles, Los Angeles's 5-2 victory over Houston on Tuesday night, uh, thanks to pitches thrown by from Joe Kelly and the Dodgers towards the Houston Astros batters. Um, Kelly buzzed the heads of Bregman and Correa in the sixth inning. He threw behind Bregman and, and to cause a walk, and his pitch to Correa was over his head. Kelly, however, denied that he purposely threw at the Astros' heads. Quote, no, when I was with the Red Sox, we beat them in 18, he said, it's one of those things that I pitch competitively. With no, with no fans here, it's easy to hear some stuff from the uh, opposing dugout. There is something they apparently didn't take too kind to. A little bit of a flicker. Are we okay? We're okay. All right. Dodgers manager Dave uh, Roberts, who was suspended for, uh, for a game, was also unsure. Quote, I don't really know. I really don't know, to be quite honest, he said. I know he got behind Bregman 3-0 and lost a fastball. Uh, I really don't think there's intent behind that. I think those guys took a little bit of offense. Even the ones to Correa were a breaking ball that just backed up. Astros manager Dusty Baker said Kelly was chirping uh, Correa, uh, uh, but nothing. Well, hold on. Astros manager Dusty Baker said Kelly was chirping Correa, but nothing was said to provoke the pitcher. Quote, what really enraged everybody is when he told them, nice swing, bitch. (laughs) Baker said, it's like, what are you supposed to do then? It's like. Baker added, said, we didn't say anything, we don't start nothing, we don't take nothing, we don't take nothing either. Uh, Kelly has elected to appeal the suspension. So here's the thing, you know, I understand, like, uh, if you, did you see Anthony Fauci throw out that first pitch (laughs) at Nationals Park? Oh, you know how hard it is to throw a baseball, like, down the pipe, you know, (laughs) into the strike zone? That's an incredibly difficult task. Okay, it's like you can make fun of like Anthony Fauci and throwing out that first pitch in Nationals Park all you want. You can make fun of any other, any other celebrity or something like that that has a shitty uh, opening day pitch or whatever. You can make fun of it all you want, but it's incredibly difficult to do that. So I understand that mistakes happen. A fastball gets loose from you. A curveball gets loose from you. And, you know, uh, 
people are going to get hit. People are going to get hit. But if you're intentionally throwing at somebody, okay, for any reason, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Uh, you have to assume that these things are accidents. All right? So even if you're playing against a team and you think that they're mad at you for something you did three years ago and they're throwing at you, uh, you it's better to remain a gentleman and just, you know, take your base, duck, duck the, head, the ones towards your head, you know, take your base and, you know, be done with it. Don't, don't throw at them again. And I know that there's an aspect to this in, in, in baseball. If somebody starts throwing at you, the other team's pitchers might start throwing at their batters. All right. And I don't like that. I don't, I really don't like that aspect of baseball that they feel like they have to retaliate in that way. And so I don't think that's the way that gentlemen behave. You know, you're baseball players. You should be gentlemen and you should know better. All right. Accidents happen. You can't assume that everyone's throwing at you, but even if they are throwing at you, you shouldn't retaliate in the same manner. So I think that's just professionalism, baseball professionalism. Baseball's back, man. We're talking about pitchers getting ejected. Well, he wasn't ejected. That's the thing, though. He was suspended for apparently throwing at these people. And that's probably why he's protesting. It's like, hey, you know, a couple pitchers get away from you sometimes. You know, and <laughs> it's just like, even if it was an accident, even if Joe Kelly, like, it was an accident, it was an accident, and these two, these two, these pitchers got away from him. Um, and all of a sudden, everyone starts looking into the background. It's like, is there any history between these two players? <laughs> they start looking for it. And, you know, they're bound to find something. They're bound to find something because we all have Twitter feeds these days. <laughs> so, ah, baseball's back. It's going to be a short season. But, hey, you know, I love these kinds of discussions. I love talking about, like, being thrown at and, like, you ever been hit by a pitch? That shit hurts. <laughs> that shit hurts. And I did in Little League. Where these kids were throwing like 40, 40 miles an hour at best. I couldn't imagine being hit by a 95 hour, uh, mile, mile per hour fastball. Ouch. Ouch. Let's go on to this next story. Uh, man removed from a Delta flight following face mask meltdown, threatening crew members. <laughs> oh, what a stupid world we live in. Excuse me. I belched. A man was recently booted from Delta Airlines flight before takeoff after having a meltdown over his mandatory mask and fighting with the cabin crew over the positioning of the PPE. Uh, excuse me. Todd Benson and his family were traveling from Aruba to Atlanta when the anonymous uh, passenger became agitated um, after a flight attendant asked him to put his facial covering on properly. Click on Detroit reported on Wednesday. Quote, it was shameful behavior, Benson claimed. Moments later, he's threatening her. Quote, I'm going to beat you up, or something along that line. And I thought that was completely inappropriate. He was saying that he was going to somehow get her fired. Oh, boy. From there, the passenger tried to speak with the pilot before returning to his seat and trying to rile up other passengers. Quote, as he was leaving, the most graphic language you could possibly imagine just came spewing out of his mouth, and I wish we all could have just covered our ears, Benson said of the meltdown. You could have just covered your ears. Uh, anyway. As, as the man was escorted off the aircraft, some of the Delta passengers clapped and cheered. Of course they did. Uh, quote, we apologize for the delay to our customers as we engaged a customer who is not following the commitment to wear a mask on board the flight. A spokesperson for the uh, airline told Fox News on Thursday. A representative for the carrier also shared in a uh, related statement with Click on Detroit. Quote, a customer on Delta Flight 654 operating from Aruba to Atlanta by security personnel uh, 
I guess I meant to say was escorted off by security personnel after refusing to wear a mask on board the aircraft in compliance with Delta's uh, mask wearing requirements, the Delta spokesperson said. Uh, the flight departed safely for Atlanta without further incident. In a recent policy change amid the coronavirus health vi- uh, crisis, the Atlanta-based carrier is now banning passengers from wearing face masks with exhaust valves. Oh, man. So, listen, I'm all about not wearing masks in public. Uh, that's, that's my thing. It's like, but if I were going to get into something like an airplane, I would highly recommend you listen to them and put on your mask because that is recirculated air. That's like getting into a space station. All right. It's all the same air. It's all being recycled. All right. The filters aren't going to catch all the diseases. Okay. But if you're just walking around town, that's a whole different story. You don't need a mask for that. I don't even think you need a mask to go into your local grocery store or your local Wawa. Get your beer. All right. That's just my opinion. But when it, if even, even I, with my, with my civil disobedience ass, if I got on an airplane, I would wear a fucking mask because <laughs> you are dirty lunged bitches. You're all dirty lunged bitches, and you're going to make me sick and kill me. <laughs> I just, what, is there a male name for a Karen? There should be. Like Cody. What do you think? You think Cody? Nah. Ah, we'll think of one. I think there, there needs to be a male name for a Karen, a bitchy, a bitchy dude complaining. It's not fair to the Karens, and it's not fair to women. We need to have, have a, <laughs> we have gender equality when it comes to the Karen. Anyway, let's go on to this next story. Uh, Seattle PD search warrant recovers explosives and baseball bats reportedly handed out at protests. Seattle police who executed a search warrant of a van abandoned near a series of weekend fires uh, recovered pyrotechnics, weaponry, and riot gear believed to have been used during demonstrations in the area, officials announced. During Saturday's large demonstration in the city's uh, Capitol Hill neighborhood, a crowd set uh, construction trailers on fire and damaged cars and businesses before making its way towards Seattle Police Department's East Precinct, police said on Wednesday evening. But as the crowd headed towards the precinct shortly before 4.30 p.m., a van followed and parked in front of the police building. It was facing the wrong direction in the traffic lane and later abandoned, officials said. Of course, these rioters, they don't obey traffic laws. Quote, at about the same time explosions uh, occurred outside the precinct, a press release states. Uh, individuals in the crowd threw explosives at officers. One explosion occurred uh, along the north wall of the precinct, precinct on Pine Street, which blew a hole in the wall of the building. A witness, a witness told police people had surrounded the van earlier in the day while its back doors were open to show improvised shields, gas masks, baseball bats, and a large assortment of pyrotechnic explosives inside the van. Officials said after searching the vehicle, police said they found the following items inside, among others. Ooh, I love lists. They had fireworks, firework pyrotechnics, improvised spike strips and nails, bear mace, gas masks, homemade shields, helmets, shin guards, and other types and additional types of body armor. Are shin guards body armor, though? Anyway. On Wednesday, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin told reporters uh, police have, quote, an obligation to disperse a crowd when dangers to public safety like explosives, fires, individuals intent on causing harm are present, according to local affiliate Q13 Fox Seattle. Quote, I think what we saw in our city last week in three separate protests. Riots, lady, it's the riots. Anyway, three separate protests that there were individuals who were intent on causing harm. 
and the item seized from this van show exactly what they were planning and saw the results on our street, Durkin reportedly said. Police arrested at least 45 people as a result of Saturday's demonstrations, and 59 officers were hurt. KOMO News. Como? KOMO News reported. Seattle PD also released photographs of and videos of the contraband, as well as damage apparently caused by the explosive. That is, the department is still investigating its findings. So, I mean, if you, if you want to say that these protesters are unorganized, if you want to say that they, you know, they're, they're not funded, that there's not any George Soros money going that way, you're out of your mind. It's like, I saw the, when I first saw those homemade shields in, you know, on YouTube, you know, because people are uploading all the videos of these riots and people in the news agents, oh, they're peaceful protests. It's like, I'm sorry, that's a riot. All right. But when I first saw, started seeing those homemade shields, I was like, shit, somebody took some time to make those, you know, and it takes time to make homemade shields. It takes time and effort and funding in order to do that kind of thing. There's not like particle board just laying around that you can use generally. They looked, they looked well-crafted and professionally done. All right. So don't tell me that, oh, it's just a ragtag group of miscreants. It's like, no, there's serious organization behind all this. And now here's something I want to talk to you about when it comes to, uh, uh, Tim Pool has an excellent, excellent theory uh, when it comes to these, um, these rioters. All right. And I, re I really like it. I think, I think it's, it's definitely true. Tim Pool has said that, you know, um, uh, these Antifa people, these Black Lives Matter rioters, rioters, these, these rioters have a de facto letter of mark from the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is going to let them act out and do their thing, and the Democrats aren't going to say shit about it. All right? Because they have a letter of mark. Because they consider this to be a revolution that's going to, uh, that's, going to benefit them all right but it's not that it's not a revolution it's just it's just fucking riots it's fucking uh incorrigible children protesting in the streets most of them is like a bunch of white privilege it's like who are so focused on race that they have to they have to prove that they're not racist by protesting for on behalf of george floyd so don't tell me don't tell me that all right they're not organized get out of town these people are definitely organized. They definitely have funding. Let, let the feds figure it out. Let the state police figure it out. Whoever's in charge, it's whoever's jurisdiction it is, they should be doing it. And that means the Seattle Police Department. In my opinion, they shouldn't have to have the feds come in there and do your job for you. I agree. It's like those of you who say it's like, oh, Trump shouldn't bring in, you know, bring in all his federal troops in. It's like, yeah, you're right. He shouldn't have to do that. You should have the, your local police deal with that. And if, that's, if they can't handle it, you get your state police. And if, they, and if you guys can't handle that with your local police and state police, then you call the feds. It's like, hey, we might need a little help with these riots. But I guarantee you there's enough funding and equipment in those cities to handle this kind of, these kind of situations. It's a, 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 a willingness not to do anything. That's what it is. The willingness of inaction. And so, that, I mean, that's why, you know, the federal, federal agencies had to go in there. They had to. Because if you're not going to do it, somebody has to. Anyway, got five minutes left. I want to talk about one more story, a little bit more upbeat and happy. So, uh, Indiana firefighters rescue a prosthetic leg worth 20 grand. 
a female boater had lost her titanium carbon fiber prosthetic leg in Geist Reservoir. <laughs> uh, firefighters in Indiana spent an hour searching a reservoir on Saturday to recover a valuable item uh, for one woman, her prosthetic leg. The Indiana, Indianapolis Fire Department said on Twitter that Tactical Team 7 had just finished up an hour, hours-long training exercise in Geist Reservoir when officers with the Indiana uh, Department of Natural Resources approached them for help. A woman in her 40s had just lost her uh, titanium carbon fiber prosthetic leg worth $20,000 in an area of Geist Reservoir known as Family Cove. Quote, without hesitation, the crew gathered their dive equipment from the rescue truck and hopped in the D- into DNR's boat. IFD uh, Battalion Chief Rita, Rita Reith said in a news release. Quote, with help from the owner of the leg, the crew was able to assess the general last known location and begin the search, uh, she said. The IFD dive team and tenders conducted a boat-based dive when, and when subsurface uh, utilized a sweep pattern. Three divers from the fire department spent 20 minutes searching the bottom, scouring the bottom of the reservoir and reported zero visibility to search for the leg. While they came across sunglasses, an anchor, and multiple beer bottles, the leg was not immediately found. About an hour later, a diver located the leg about 20 feet down, close to uh, 100 yards offshore, according to fire officials. The leg was then refer- uh, returned to the rightful owner, who stayed on the scene the entire time to ass- uh, assist the divers as best she could. <laughs> I'm sorry. She, uh, she has one leg. How much help can you be? But here's, here's my point when it comes to this story, when it comes to this story about these Indiana firefighters rescuing a prosthetic leg. These, this is what America, this is what Americans really are. This is who we are. You know, it's like you got a team of these divers who are trained in diving and doing searches, and they'd, they'd much rather search for a, a fake leg than a body. You know what I mean? Because that's, all, that's why they have that training. That's why they have that equipment is, that, is for that kind of situation. But here's the thing is that Americans are going to will help you. If you're hobbling down, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. If you're hobbling down the road, it's like, hey, firefighter, I lost my leg in there. <laughs> Americans will help you. And that's the point. It's like that's the kind of kindness that I think is innate in the average American. I think that it's an, in, innate in all, and especially uh, uh, um, among uh, people who have served in the military, people who are first responders. It's especially apparent in those kind of professions, even cops. You know, they will definitely help you out. They would rather help you out than deal with the consequences of some violent crime. You know, and when it comes to searching for stuff underwater, believe me, these divers would much rather search for a fake leg than a dead person. And so that's why I love about America is that these are the kind of people we are. These are the kind of people we are. So I just think that that's interesting. That's indicative of what the, the ideal America where we'd help each other out. Where is EK? We're almost done. Anyway, he is constantly distracted. I think he's redecorating or something. Anyway, so I want to remind you, it's like I'm getting on to Parlor. Go over to Parlor, uh, create your own accounts, and you know, follow me. Search for Shock Monkey Radio on Parlor. Uh, you can also find Shock Monkey Radio Redux, um, a Facebook group over on Facebook. There you'll find like uh, some videos and stuff like that. I'm gonna start posting videos on Parlor as well. 
Uh, yeah, so you know, search for us on Facebook, Shock Monkey Radio Redux. I would invite you to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron for only $3 a month, and you get access to all of our video content, everything that is behind a paywall, just for $3 a month. And there you can also, uh, if you wanted to become a sponsor, you know, you wanted to do ads on our show, we, we can accommodate you. It's all over there at patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. And if you're interest, more interested in helping out the station as a whole, FXBG Public Radio, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash FXBG Public Radio and become a producer. Throw a little cash our way, and we'll put your name in like the, our credits and stuff like that. We'll we'll make little uh, little uh, stingers for you if you like, because <laughs> we do all sorts of stuff. We do recording. Uh, not only not only do we do podcasts. Podcasts is, is such the e- is like one hundred percent the easiest thing to do when it comes to uh, uh, a studio. What you can do in a studio. That's why I can't. That's why I can't keep Ek in here. He's bored out of his mind. But if I had like four uh, like a four piece uh, like uh, a string quartet in here. And he's got to like put like four different mics on each different instrument, and he's got to get the mix right. Oh, you bet your ass he's sitting in that chair for the entire hour. But no, no, just because all you got to do is turn on the camera, set a mic up, and it's like, oh, I, I don't have to pay attention to this show. Oh, we could do the stinger whenever. Anyway, I love EK. I'm, I'm just messing with him. <laughs> he's laughing over there. Trust me. Trust me. Anyway, so yeah, go over to patreon.com slash radio or patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. We'd really appreciate it. And be sure to tell your friends. Watch from uh, my YouTube channel. I'm gonna, uh, I do clips um, that, uh, from some of the videos that, uh, that I do. But the complete video content is behind the paywall over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. This has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman, and I love you. <laughs>